This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. Brooklyn, East 33rd Street. The air was a little bit cooler and smelled of rain. Plum polished windows, both the inner and outer sides of the glass, with a crumpled newspaper and a mixture of vinegar, lime, and water. She whistled, thinking at the same time of the uselessness of her chore, polishing the exterior windows when rain had set up to fall. But she didn't stop, simply moved her arms like a wound-up doll powerless to stop itself. Behind Plum were her girls, Nia and Vivian, seven-year-old twins, one doing cartwheels, the other watching both girls lingering really and waiting for Plum to finish and turn to them. They were clingy girls. Or perhaps it was the other way. Plum was an overprotective mother, preferring to have her girls with her, underfoot, within reach. Except for work, she didn't leave them. All these years, she hadn't been able to shake the fear that her girls wouldn't be there when she returned. But they were there, Nia, the acrobatic one, contorting her body through the air, and Vivian, a quiet observer with a book on her lap, stealing glances at Nia. Nia took risks. Vivian weighed consequences. Together the girls balanced each other, and often, when Plum imagined them older, she saw Nia treating life like a tightrope and Vivian holding the net beneath her sister. Even if Alan had been home at that very moment, the girls would still have been nearby waiting for her to finish and turn to them. Nia stumbled and crashed, and Plum turned to see her sprawled on the hardwood, between the coffee table and the couch, water from a cup pooling, magazines from the rack scattered on the ground like shattered glass, and the storage bench flipped over on its side. You all right? Where did you hit? Did you hit your head? Nia... Giggling instead of talking, looked at her sister, and the pool of water spreading fast toward the rug. Vivian laughed, too, their laughter loud, uncontrollable. Plum moved her daughter's shoulders and arms, watching for a wince, waiting for a shiver of pain, but again got only uncontrollable giggles. Enough of the cartwheels. She was trying to flip onto the bench and back down, Vivian said. Enough. Plum hadn't heard their discussion at all, hadn't heard the usual, watch me. Plum shook her head, moved toward the spreading pool, newspaper in hand, and layered it on top of the water sheet by sheet, and drew her breath. It was a hiccup, really. She looked again, closer this time, back bent, water dripping from one half of the newsprint. She ripped the sheet in half, dropped the wet half to the floor, then moved toward the window, sheet in hand, for a closer look in the natural light. Unmistakable. Lenworth. She hadn't forgotten the face, the half-smile, the thick brows, the thin nose. Below the photo, a caption with his name and his title, Priest. Unmistakably him. Outside, the rain that had set up came with force pummeling the plants that had withstood summer and flooding the gutters and the nearly empty roads. The wind whipped the rain around, sprinkling raindrops against the windows like pebbles on glass. East 33rd Street was otherwise quiet, with everyone it seemed hunkered down, waiting out the mid-afternoon downpour in place. Plum waited out the rain just within view of her laughing, cavorting girls. She held the newspaper up, 
using the pages as a shield from the girl's gaze. At least for the moment, Nia had given up the cartwheels and handstands and she sat with Vivian playing jacks. Behind the newspaper, Plum's calcified grief, all 17 years of it, broke apart, and tears almost as fierce as the rain dribbled down her cheeks, settling uncomfortably in the corners of her mouth. The girls, absorbed by their game of jacks, didn't pay attention to the sniffles coming from behind the newspaper. Plum could have moved to a quieter room, the windowless bathroom perhaps, to cry unchecked, without worrying about the girls eventually gazing and questioning the reason for her tears. Instead, she chose to remain behind the newspaper, to cry without sound and let the tears roll down her face. Surely, if she had moved in search of seclusion... One or both of the girls would have followed her, wandering through every room until they found her again and transported their game within her line of sight. Plum wiped her eyes on her sleeve and looked again at the man in the center of the photo, surrounded by a group of community leaders. Other than the hairline that had receded, he was exactly as she remembered him. Thick lips, a deep pink like a painted hibiscus bloom. Thick bushy brows came close to meeting in the center of his face, their fullness like a miniature ledge shielding eyes that seemed to capture everything. A thin nose. He was a little thicker, of course, but not significantly so. That didn't matter. What mattered was that the man who had disappeared like a deep-water creature into the depths of the ocean had resurfaced in Brooklyn, skimming the water for a long breath of air. He was within reach a cat she could finally haul in. But how long before he dipped his head and swam again out of reach?